A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We co-host Paint Suit Politics, a podcast seeking nuance in political conversation. Along the way, we've realized the rest of life is filled with nuance, too. So we come here each week to commemorate the moments in our lives, moments beyond birthdays, weddings, and funerals, that deserve celebration. It's an opportunity to see ourselves in a new season and to reflect on the messiness of living wisely. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Nuanced Life, where we commemorate... All the things, all the things over here on The Nuance Life. And today we have a really fun commemoration from a listener. And then we're going to commemorate our time in a sorority because we spent this weekend together at the FIMU Academy. That was the sorority we were both in together in college. And I still consider myself a member of. So we're going to have that conversation after we share a commemoration in the first segment. The commemoration that we're sharing in the first segment is so good. So this is from Jennifer, who went to Las Vegas. To see the Backstreet Boys. That's the only reason she went to Las Vegas, to see the Backstreet Boys. It started out as a joke, and then her friends started taking her more seriously, and then she decided to go. And she said that it was amazing and that she is naturally more introverted and sensitive. I relate to this. And that she's always adapting her reactions to what makes other people uncomfortable. And here's what she wrote that I really loved. About halfway through the Backstreet Boys concert, I realized how fantastic it felt to let myself embrace how unbelievably excited and happy I was without worrying about what other people thought or toning down how I expressed my feelings. Losing my shit when they sang I Want It That Way is, quite honestly, one of the highlights of my life. And being there with a friend Mm. who supported me and fully embraced my excitement meant so much to me. Yay, Jennifer. Okay. I have so many thoughts. First of all, Jennifer, I hope you did not miss the opportunity while you were in Las Vegas to check off one of the items on my bucket list, which is going to see Magic Mike live. Certainly hope you and your girlfriends went to that. I want to go so badly. Maybe somebody at Magic Mike is listening right now. I would like to volunteer Beth and I for a sponsor trip to Magic Mike that I will never stop talking about on our podcast if anyone out there wants to hear that. So I think that is the first thing. I hope y'all did lots of fun things in Vegas. I have been there, not at a Backstreet Boys concert, at a Justin Timberlake concert, in which he, like, you could hear him before he came out on stage. I was with a bunch of girlfriends. I screamed. I thought I was going to come out of my skin. I was so excited. It was like, he's here. He's here, but where is he? Oh, it was so much fun. So much fun. Been there. So much fun. My friend Cheryl and I went to the NCAA tournament with our husbands a couple of years ago. And that is where I had this experience of like, here's here are people who fully support me just being excited, unabashedly excited. It was so fun to cheer for that basketball game without any worry about anything. Everybody becomes in love during situations like that, right? You're high-fiving all the people around you. Everybody was totally nice and appropriate. 
And it was just a blast. And I really relate to this email about not having many experiences like that, where you just kind of let yourself go. And that is something to be celebrated. I also have a feeling that it's a thing if you do often gets easier with time, but I wouldn't know. Can I just say also that I'm very jealous because now I like the Backstreet Boys fine. I would sing passionately along with I Want It That Way. It took every ounce of self-control I had not to start singing that when you talked about it in the email. However, my boy band that resides in my heart is New Kids on the Block. I did not get to see New Kids on the Block in my childhood slash adolescence. My famous New Kids on the Block story, however, is that my friend Jenny got the pay-per-view concert of New Kids on the Block, and someone took my seat in front of the television before Jordan, my most favorite New Kid on the Block, did a solo, and I locked myself in the bathroom and cried because somebody took my seat at the pay-per-view concert viewing. So in case you needed to understand the level at which I was dedicated to New Kids on the Block. Then in adulthood, when they went on tour again, I bought tickets but could not go because my dang firstborn child was making me so ill that I was sick and I'm still bitter and I carry it around with me and that child better take me to a New Kids on the Block concert at some point in his life is all I'm saying. I don't think you have to worry. I think there will be New Kids on the Block opportunities for a long time in the future. I just love them. Did you like New Kids on the Block? Yeah, I wasn't obsessed. Uh, you know, all that stuff is kind of just embedded in your body as a 90s kid, right? Like you just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it's just there and the song comes on and you have to move. Bye, bye, bye. And all those things it just has to love be done. In sync has to happen. I was never boy band obsessed, but I liked all the music. Now I get really excited at like better than Ezra concerts. That's my thing now. Did you not have like a like did you have a celebrity crush at all that you were like obsessed with? I had the Matt Damon years. Mm. When I was in high school and Goodwill Hunting came out, I was very strongly with Matt Damon all the way into the Born years. And then at some point I realized he's kind of obnoxious and it it dissipated for me. Well, he hid for a while because he is the less obnoxious of the pair. Right. I could not stand Ben Affleck. I felt very mm-hmm. strongly about Matt Damon versus Ben Affleck. So, yes, he was my celebrity crush. It will not surprise you at all to know that I have been obsessed with many celebrities over the course of my childhood, adolescence, and adulthood. My very first one marking myself as a total 90s child, was Patrick Swayze. I loved him so much in Dirty Dancing. I remember, like, having dreams about bringing Patrick Swayze to, like, show and tell and doing a dance in elementary school. Like, I still remember the dream. Patrick Swayze. Oh, I loved him so much. So good. (laughs) That movie is so good. We won't talk about the fact that I was watching a movie in elementary school, which central plot point was a botched abortion. We'll skip that part. Where were the adults? Where were they when we were all watching this movie? But I loved him so much. I loved him. I still love him, if I'm being really honest. Like, I love him deeply in my soul. So then it was New Kids on the Block. And as we had previously discussed with Kendra, the lazy genius, I was totally in love with Dean Kane from The New Adventures of Lois and Clark. And... Most importantly, got to meet him as an adult and show him the list I made in eighth grade of my top 100 life goals, one of which was meet Dean Kane. And he loves me. He loved me in that moment. He hugged, He gave me one of the best hugs of my life. 
ever. This is, I'm not even trying to play right now or be hyperbolic for effect. This moment I shared with Dean Kane and that hug is one of the like top 10 moments of my entire life. It was so perfect in every way. I loved him so completely. We won't talk about some of his most recent career choices because it'll ruin it for me, but it was perfect. So he was my like, he was my big one. It was Patrick Swayze, New Kids on the Block, Dean Kane. And then I got a lot since, like, as an adult, I have a really special place for John Hamm. I love him very, 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 very much. I had never really had a big crush on Matt Damon. I mean, I loved him in Goodwill Hunting. Who doesn't love How About Them Apples? Everybody loves that moment. But I don't know if I really had a crush on him. And then I have a special place in my heart for Taylor Kitsch, who better known as Tim Riggins from Friday Night Live. So now like, that we're just going, I mean, I can just continue to talk about male celebrities if we want to just go off on a side tangent, which I already have on this episode, because it is one of my favorite. The attractiveness of celebrities and how deserving they are of our obsession, love, and respect is basically one of my favorite topics. (laughs) (laughs) And Beth is like, "Mm -hmm. it'll be just you talking. We could do that, but we are going to hear a word from our sponsor and then commemorate the fantastic weekend that we just had. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Care Of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. This year, make health and wellness a top priority with the help of Care Of's monthly subscription vitamin service. Whether you're focused on glowing skin, boosting your energy levels, getting more sleep, or generally being healthy, build a vitamin routine that's made just for you and your health goals. Do something good for your health in 2019. Care of makes it easy to stick to your health-related resolutions. Care of's fun online quiz asks you about your diet, health goals, and lifestyle choices, and takes only five minutes to find out your personal, scientifically-backed vitamin and supplement recommendations. Plus, a portion of every sale goes toward the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. I think the Care of quiz is very helpful and interesting. I do too. Because honestly, I'm not a person who thinks a whole lot about what my health goals are. And just being asked the questions prompted a lot of thinking for me. And then I really liked getting the recommendations. Here's what you should take. And then having them make it so easy to actually follow through and take those things. And what I find really amazing, especially because I live with a vitamin skeptic, is like they have the studies. They'll be like, this has had this many peer-reviewed studies. And they'll tell you the proof of certain vitamins and supplements. Take advantage of this month's special New Year offer. For 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter LIFE50. That's TakeCareOf.com with code LIFE50 for 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. We wanted to commemorate the wonderful weekend that we just had in Orlando with our FIMU sisters. Sarah and I met as FIMUs at Transylvania University. As I look back, it is shocking to me that I was in a sorority. I don't think you feel that way, Sarah. Oh, no. I was all in. My mom 
was in a sorority. She went to college and then dropped out and then went back as an adult. But she went directly after high school and joined a sorority. And I was always super enamored of her, like, sorority pin and just the idea of sororities generally. So I was in. I was all in. I was excited. We went to Transylvania. And while we were there, it was 70-ish percent Greek. So it was a huge part of campus life. I went through a recruitment and there were four chapters on campus. And I honestly feel like it was very much like the Harry Potter sorting hat. You were pretty clearly going to be part of one of these houses. And it was Mm -hmm. not mysterious which house you belonged in. I didn't feel exactly like that. There were varying ranges of interest in houses. Like, I think once I got into the the process, I immediately knew I wanted to be a FIMU. But I think there were a couple sororities that were more adjacent to each other. That it wasn't, it wasn't quite as extreme as Harry Potter, I guess is what I'm saying. So we got into our chapter and we had very different experiences being part of the sorority. And I think Part of the value of having this conversation is, one, we know we have a lot of listeners who are younger folks, and we have a lot of listeners who are parents of younger folks. And I think our sorority experience was such a positive one, and that story doesn't get told a lot. Mm-hmm. I always tell people when I was at Transy, I started a women's rights organization called Voice because I was a women's studies minor. And I would say at the first maybe two to three meetings, maybe longer than that. The only people there were my sisters, like the only people there were my FIMU sisters supporting me and who were also like women's studies minor leaders on campus. And they were so supportive. I mean, I feel like saying, well, I started a feminist organization. My sorority sisters were the only ones who came at first. (laughs) It's not the stereotypical story. No, but I do think it is a really reflective story of our experience there because being connected to a group of women freshman through senior, you know, was a really formative part of being in college, knowing that wherever you stepped foot on campus, there were going to be some FIMUs there, mm-hmm. made me a lot more likely to step foot into different spaces on campus. Yeah, totally. Especially, you would think because it was a small campus, it would be less intimidating. And in certain ways, it was when it's not a giant campus and you feel like you're probably going to know somebody there. But in another way, it can be more intimidating because the sort of groupings are more well-known. So you could walk into a room and realize immediately like, oh, that's that group and I'm not a member of that group and this is going to be awkward. Whereas, you know, when your group was really involved on campus, which the five years were, then it lent an air of familiarity to almost every organization at Transy. I think that's right. And I also think it just was really helpful going into living on campus away from home to be part of an organization that had such clearly articulated values. Mm -hmm. We had a very easy to learn and recite creed, and it mirrored everything that my parents would have wanted for me in college. And to be going back to that all the time, but having chosen it, you know, that you walked in and you picked this for yourself and then you adopted this. I think that was more valuable than I realized at the time. It was a very idyllic college experience, including the sorority experience. You know, we went to college before social media had taken off. We had an email, but that was about it. I didn't get a cell phone until I got to college and it didn't do much besides make phone calls. And it was a small campus, Greek life. Everybody, almost everyone lived on campus at Transy. It was like 60 to 70 percent Greek. The professors were not big, like, researchers. We didn't have teaching assistants. The class sizes were all very small. 
And so when I hear other people's experiences of sorority or even college life in general, I realize what a special experience we had. I really agree with that because I never felt, even during sorority recruitment, which was very stressful for me, like if you've listened to us at all, you know, my personality was not built for sorority recruitment. But even in that really stressful time, I never felt the kind of judgment that I think most people associate with Greek organizations. Yeah. And when people talk about like hazing and all that with with recruit, they didn't call us pledges. There was no hazing. All no. they did was give us all the presents. They were like, thank you for joining from you. Here is every present imaginable in every shade of pink possible. I Let love. us cover your door with signs saying how much we love you and how wonderful you are and how yep. happy we are that you're a part of this. Yep. Loved it. It was the best. There was lots of attention involved, which is why I really enjoyed the process, as everyone who's listened to the podcast will understand. One aspect of being FIMUs that we talked about over the weekend was that there were a lot of good life lessons in being involved in an organization of 100 plus women that was running itself. So there are lots of leadership opportunities and politics and heartache and support. It was just it was really the best preparation for working in human resources that I could have asked for. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny. So many of the processes you it's not just the interpersonal relationship, but so many of the processes you use in Greek life are relevant far outside Greek life. It's so funny. I tell people all the time that for anybody who has not gone through sorority recruitment, there's this um Mutual selection. Thank you. Mutual selection process. You're ranking the sororities. They're ranking you and you have to line them up. And so often I've been in places where they're describing a process and I'm like, oh, you mean mutual selection. Like that happens more than you think in real life where people are, (laughs) both sides are ranking each other and you're trying to line them up right. When I look back on it, it's like they were doing what I wish institutions were sort of forced to do more often, which is who are we? What do we want to become? Like, because you're inviting new members every year, it's this very conscientious, intentional process about, like, what do we want to be? What do we want to stand for? What do we want the organization to look like in four years? Like, it's this, it's this a very intentional process that, like you said, there's an articulation of values and you're thinking through these things all the time. And it's really good training. And honestly, I wish more institutions functioned like that. Not necessarily all, always going through mutual selection, but that intentional process of thinking about the future of the organization. And part of that, I realized in hindsight, was facilitated by the fact that you knew you weren't going to be in college forever. And mm-hmm. so that was always done with a real care about the future of the chapter, not like who's going to threaten me. You yeah. know, I remember conversations in recruitment where we were talking about, like, who is going to be the next president of this organization, right? Or who's going to be the president in two or three years? This person seems like she could be in charge of our philanthropy when I graduate, you know? And I feel like people were looking for that in a way that we miss opportunities to do as adults because we're so busy sort of hanging on to things as our own. Whereas with the sorority, you knew this is a limited experience. Mm-hmm. The collegiate part of it, at least. Yes, we're still members of FIMU. We're alumni. (laughs) I always say that. I try not to say I was in a sorority. I try to say I am in a sorority. It's just hard. I think it's hard to know how to talk about this because people have such strong feelings about it, whether they were part of an organization or not. It seems like people are like hands in the air, so pumped to hear that you're in a sorority or the reaction is very, very judgmental. Well, and also, let's just be clear. 
there were some really weird parts of it. (laughs) I mean, especially initiation, which obviously we can't talk about, but you can get on the internet and read about any number of sorority and fraternity initiations ceremonies. I mean, they're supposed to bond you. They're supposed to be a unique experience. But there are parts of me that look back and I'm like, that was really surreal that we did that. I mean, nothing illegal or super weird. But, you know, it's like even the, the public facing parts where you're dressing all in one color and you have secret handshakes and secret passwords. It's kind of it's kind of wacky. It is wacky. It's it's kind of adorable in its wackiness. <laughs> you know, it's like I will never forget my husband one time was wearing his fraternity t-shirt at like a Kroger in North Carolina. And this guy he did not know came up and like did the password and the handshake and everything. And it totally freaked my husband out. It was so funny. You forget, like, oh, oh, right. I mean, side note, I I, I remember the password. Don't try to use the handshake on me because I'll be like, what the heck are you doing? I don't remember any of that. <laughs> I'm just picturing myself in a grocery store and somebody coming up to me and doing the whole thing. Like, Right? It's a little funny. I think it's like everything else in life. You just want to figure out how to hold it loosely. Because Mm -hmm. I never felt like, even while we were collegians, that that was the sum of my identity. That I was first and foremost a FIMU. I liked being a FIMU. I cared about it. I spent a whole lot of time on it. I was in office pretty much the whole time I was in the chapter. But... I never felt like that's my first and only identifier, and I certainly don't want to carry that as an adult. Well, and here's the thing. You know, that's what we realized as we were talking to all the FIMUs this weekend is that the leadership in particular, there's so many leadership opportunities within a sorority. Now, as I've repeated before, I lost every election I ever ran for inside FIMU while they were recruiting Beth to do all the things. But that guess what? That was a learning experience, too. And I I did end up serving in a couple leadership positions. I think they were like co, I don't remember exactly what they were, but there's all kinds of stuff. There's recruitment and membership and planning and executive boards and all kinds of stuff. And I think that it's such good practice. It's such good practice for becoming an adult and serving on boards or being in the workplace and realizing, like learning all those interpersonal skills to deal with people when you're trying to make decisions together and everybody feels differently. It was hugely instrumental to me and not all in positive ways. There are things that I did that I was too young for, you know, things that I wasn't experienced enough to handle. I felt very burned out by the end of college because I was not only doing leadership in FIMU, but elsewhere on campus. And so there were things about it that were not idyllic for me, but I learned from all of them, you know, and and some of what I think about as an adult now is not letting myself get to that level of burnout again. I'm probably better at saying no now because I didn't know how to say no in college. And I saw that that wasn't good for me. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I, I mean, I was I felt the opposite. And I think you in high school had sort of more pressure in leadership positions than I did. I kind of felt like I was always striving to be not noticed, but sort of feel legitimate inside my high school because there are lots of super bright kids and leaders and all that kind of stuff. So transy for me in particular, FIMU, it was like this chance to finally blossom and be able to step out and be in the front in a way I'd always craved. And it gave me such good um, experiences. And I did all kinds of different things. I was in the sorority. I was the co-editor of the paper. I started the women's rights organization. I did a lot of political protesting. So it just, you know, it was just this little Petri dish for me to figure out what worked and what didn't. And 
I mean, I loved it. I loved every second of college. And the only kindness time has afforded me is that my memories are fade. So I'm not sort of tortured by how sad I am. I'm not in college anymore. I do not feel that way about it. But I did really value this. (laughs) It's like I look back. This is how I feel about law school, too. I would not do it again, but I'm really glad that I did it. I have no regrets and I wouldn't repeat it. Oh, believe I would do college again. I would just stay perpetually. Like if there's a time period in my life where I get to just sort of like Groundhog Day, it just stay in that time the whole time. Oh, it would 300% be college. I freaking loved every minute. It's like just enough independence, but not like full on adulting. And you're sitting around just having important conversations and learning. Learning is your job. Oh, God, I loved it so much. I think that's the the big distinction. It f- was pretty close to full-on adulting for me. Yeah, you had too much adulting. Because of everything I took on. Yeah. Yeah, you, you needed less adulting in college. I did, but I don't know that I was capable of that. You know, we get what we're capable for at different seasons in life. And I think I have had to learn how to relax a little bit and have fun and form relationships because what I was really good at was just leading and studying and working. And so I I think we all have the college that we're capable of, you know. Did you work study? Yeah, I did. Wow. No, see, I didn't do that either. I did. I also loved. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Our particular college experience, because I felt like I had not only a lot of different experiences in leadership, like the sorority and the paper and all these different things, but also had a lot of different groups of friends. You know, I had very close friends in FIMU. I had very close friends that were unaffiliated. I had friends in different sororities. And it just, it was really, I felt like a a good mix of people that I learned a lot from and I learned a lot about myself. Again, man, I loved college. Oh, I loved it so much. I think I got some of that in law school. Because in law school, I really was done being the captain of all the things. And so I just sat back and I met people and I really enjoyed some of the folks that I spent a lot of time with in law school. And that's where I met my husband. You know, I think a lot of your perception is probably colored, too, by the fact that you met Nicholas during mm-hmm. that time. And you were mm-hmm. in, like, the height of getting to fall in love with someone. And, and I had that much later. So a lot of a lot of it is just what what season of life are you in at different times? And But I am very grateful to wrap up our commemoration here for what FIMU meant to me, what it still means to me. I think that really came home for me being there with the new generation of FIMUs and just seeing that these are people that if I were in college, I would love to have been their friends. You know, we saw we met so many women that I thought you're awesome and you're mm-hmm. a lot like the women were in my chapter. And that makes me feel really warm inside. Absolutely. Loving our bond, ladies. Loving our bond. <laughs> Before we look, close up, we wanted to share a little bit of feedback about our conversation last week about the church. 
We got a really lovely email from Rebecca, and she says, As you were discussing the church as an institution, I started thinking about the distinction between the church as an institution and the church as a worldwide body of believers. This helped me realize that the church as an institution can sometimes be incredibly beneficial to and supportive of the church as the body of believers and can sometimes be incredibly hurtful and harmful to the body of believers, which in turn made me realize that probably because of my baggage, my goal as being a part of church leadership is to make the institution helpful, not harmful. Yes, there are probably some other goals, but that's what it boils down to. That's not a new feeling, but I've never been able to put it into words before. As soon as I had that aha moment, I called my sister to share it with her and then texted my pastor, which led to a long phone call with him. So thank you for helping me put into that into words. I've been dealing with working through that hurt for a quarter of a century now, and every little step forward is rewarding. Well, we're glad we could be helpful, and I think that is a really important insight, Rebecca. I do, too. I love that. We got lots of interesting feedback about the church episode, which just tells me that it is a hard conversation to have right now, and people are hungry to have it. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of The Nuance Life. We will be back in your ears on Friday over at Paint Soup Politics. Our book is now available where you can purchase most of your books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. So we hope that you'll check it out. And if you like it, leave us a review. Thank you so much and keep it nuanced, y'all. Nuance Life is produced by Dylan Garvin. Elise Knapp is our production assistant. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. The Nuance Life is listener supported. For $5 a month, you'll receive an extra episode of The Nuance Life at patreon.com slash The Nuance Life. You can connect with us on our website, thenuancelife.com, and follow us on Instagram.